Hello and welcome to Clamp, the creating, living, and making podcast. I'm your host, Grant Alexander, and joining me today is the magnanimous Morley Kurt. Hey. And the awesome Adamaki. Hello. Did you just get tired halfway through that word, Magnus? <laughs> no, I went, I don't know how to spell, I don't know how to say this. Halfway through that word, I went, why am I doing this? This is Morley's thing. He does the, and I went, oh, it's too late. It's way too late. I need to, oh, I need to back out. It's way too late. All right. So since you said that, uh, Morley, I'm not going to go to you first. I'm going to go to Adam and say, hey, Adam, what's in your workbench? <laughs> in my workbench. What's in your clamp? <laughs> Uh, Ironically, I've been over. Do you just want to start over? No. (laughs) Go. Ironically, I've been working on my new workbench. Um, I've got the carcass done, and Jeff actually decided to tell me after writing it a thousand times that I spell carcass wrong (laughs) on everything. Um, Yeah, so I've got the carcass done. I started on the drawers today. Um, Funny story for people that listen to this and watch my videos is that. When you actually watch the draw video, there's not going to be a top on the workbench, even though the workbench carcass and top is going to be coming out as a video before the draw video. Hmm. So the so, whole carcass, everything is going to be done in one video. Then the next video will be draws of no top. So it's interesting uh, because uh, this person I follow, DIY Montreal, just did something similar where she's making a cabinet. And so she showed making all the drawers first, but in order to put the drawers somewhere, she had to make the carcass of the cabinet. And then the next video is making the carcass of the cabinet and showing how to yeah. finish it. And I just thought, oh, it's really funny. Like, cause it's going to start, her next video is going to start halfway through. Like it's going to jump at one point. All mm. the drawers are just going to be done. That's just, I think it's yeah. funny. I think, I think it's going to be pretty funny. Yeah. People, I think some people probably won't even pick up on it because yeah. In all reality, there's not going to be that much of the carcass in the video until I actually install the drawers and just tell you about how I make the measurements. But other than that, yeah. It's like that, uh, remember that old viral video of the crowd of people moving around and then someone in a gorilla costume walks through it, but you don't notice the person in the gorilla costume because the video is asking you to like count how many white shirts you see. Mm -hmm. Like if you're pointing someone's attention somewhere, they probably won't even notice this other thing that that yeah. uh, you're concerned about. Yeah. I don't even, I still think that's somehow a virus installed on my computer. <laughs> to this day, I go, no, nah, that wasn't there the first time. Gorilla was not there. It's like <laughs> the I, I still, um, I'm the kind of person that notices the gorilla. Yeah. Mm. It's, that's because you've stopped counting the amount of times they've passed it, it's the n- ball or whatever it was. It's not that. It's I, I piss my wife off because we watch a movie or something and I'm always like, hang on, that wasn't right. I, I do that or, too. Like I always I notice, the, I notice things I'm not supposed to. Yeah, I, I'm the person who goes, "Oh, hey, there's the boom mic. Oh, hey, they yeah. just their <laughs> hair, hair went up and then down and up and down in between yeah. three different." And you're like, "Why did they not catch this? How do they remind not me not to watch movies know, right? with you guys?" <laughs> well, I, I don't do it if we're like actually watching the movie. Yeah, but like when you're just like hanging out watching, it's a little different. Mm, yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be pointing it out to you while we were watching Morley. Don't worry. <laughs> On that note, Morley, what have you been up to? Ah, it has been a, a crazy week. Uh, so we moved. Um, I apologize if it's a little echoey in here right now because I'm currently recording from my new uh, tiny apartment workshop, which is now an entirely Ooh. separate room, which is pretty Ooh. crazy. Um. I've never, it's just funny. I've never actually used my computer on my workbench before. So this is like the first time I'm ever doing that. Other than the time that I had it set here for a day while I was putting together my 3d printer. Um, but yeah, so it's you need been, to hurry up and get your casting couch in there. So you get rid of some of the, yeah, some of the, I have a, I have a red socks blanket hung behind me representing the <laughs> new England. Um, no, but it's been, um, it's, been really fun exhausting i had like a moving hangover the day after i was just like told actually the two days after because like the day after we were super excited to like unpack and start moving everything in but then the next day i was just like super low energy um 
hard to be motivated because it was just like, wow, that was that was a lot. And I feel like moving is always a lot, but it's always even more than you expect, even if you expect that it's going to be a lot. Um, but it's been great, like so much more space. Um, it kind of feels like we're on vacation a little bit just because of how much our quality of life has improved. Um, for one, just having laundry in our apartment is a massive level up. Um, it just feels very, very luxurious. So yeah, I've never, I've never lived in a place without laundry, so I couldn't even imagine going to a laundromat. Like when they play it on TV, I'm like, what third world country are these people living in? <laughs> Have you ever done it like while traveling or anything though? Once and it yeah. was the worst. And the dryer like did not like we did two like the dryer twice. So we wasted $2 instead of just like $1 and it's mm-hmm. still at the end of it. Our clothes weren't dry. I just went, well, that's disappointing. And it was a rainy day and that's the only reason why we did laundry. <laughs> and it's like, you couldn't even hang them up to dry. It was the worst. Yeah. I mean, we're so adaptable, right? Like I, now that I have laundry inside, it's like, oh, this is the best. Like how was I even surviving before? But like, we just do laundry more often now. It is, it is what it is. Um, but now that we're kind of like moved in, I feel like I can, um, actually sort of like put the bow on some projects. Sorry, one second. Sorry about that. Um, and I got the dream whiteboard finally finished and hung up today. So I'm working on editing that video and ideally that will be out by the time this episode comes out. So, um, yeah, very excited about that. And hopefully by the time you're listening to it, it will be published on my channel. But, uh, Grant, yeah. What have you been up to this week? Well, I am going to make a declaration on this podcast that I will too have a video out before, this podcast uh, airs and that well, is you're supposed it. to have one out before the last one aired. i did thanks for watching uh <laughs> feel good that my mates shop tour are you to said you're going to gonna have this one out yeah i did have the shop tour was it? and now i'm gonna have the oh, leather sorry. earring out video out as well oh, two uh, weeks in a row next week yeah nice. two weeks in a row maybe maybe i didn't do anything <laughs> in january so well january 31st i put the shop tour out so i'm going to try and get back into a little groove of putting out videos I have it almost all edited. I need to take like the final beauty shots, uh, which require me to wrap the gift and give it to my wife. Um, and yeah, so it's going to be uh, the leather leaf earring video. Will hopefully be cool. out. Nice. The other thing, obviously, I have already mentioned, I got the shop tour video out. But in the shop tour, I had some uh, questions about, you know, what was my favorite beer? Because they always notice in the background of my videos how many bottles of beer are there. So, uh, you know, <laughs> one of the questions I got, we, we're going to be doing a little question and answer this week. And one of the questions I got from James from Bink's Woodshop was, uh, what's everyone's favorite beer? I've said it before and I'll say it again, cause light. Hmm. So you like piss. Cool. <laughs> I, I agree <laughs> with Grant's uh, analysis. Ooh, it's you know it's tricky because like I like variety and novelty. So usually when I go to the beer store, the places that sell beer here in Ontario, um, wow! I thought I was going to sneeze. I might still sneeze. If it happens, you'll know that that's why it happened. Um, <laughs> and but like in terms of favorite beer, like I got to choose one that like if I don't know what to get, I fall back on. So it's got to be either the side launch. Uh, I think it's a Belgian wheat ale or something, uh, or the Saint Ambroise, uh, apricot wheat ale. Yeah, the wheat ales I'm a big fan of. Like when I don't know what to get, those are always a pretty safe bet. They're like super refreshing. Love it. Yeah. What about you, Grant? See, I'm. I'm kind of the same as you, and I would have to say that my favorite beer is probably a free one. Mm. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I know I can't rely on free beer, so I kind of go like, if I were 
If I were like sitting there and someone's like, just you can have one beer, only one beer, what can you have? And it's the beer you have to have for the rest of your life. And I know I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but it would probably be something like Stella. Hmm. Stella's good. Like, Stella's super solid. Like, I feel like Stella's super overrated. It's like they got the gold rimmed glass and the stuff like that. And it's like this, you know, I don't like the paper on top of the thing, but I do find their beer to be pretty good. You know, what's um, funny is um, when I was in high school, I worked at this restaurant in my hometown and it was, it was really nice. It was like one of the nicest restaurants in our town. And eventually I graduated to bar back. So I was like restocking mm-hmm. beers and uh, bringing out drinks and stuff. And you know how Stella has, like you said, their gold rim glasses and it was yeah. on tap and it was a nice restaurant. So I always assumed it was like a really nice beer. And then when I got of drinking age and went to school, like I was so surprised at how cheap Stella was. I was like, oh, this isn't actually that like premium of a beer, <laughs> so <laughs> at least price wise, but it, it's solid. So the interesting part is the beers are actually smaller. So the bottles are yeah. actually smaller. So it's actually, so even if it's the same price, it's actually a premium beer because you're getting less beer because they use mm. a metric bottle. So it's 330 uh, milliliters versus a normal 355. Yeah. It's funny though. So, like I feel like with beer and wine, the price differences are like almost negligible. Like you're, you're talking in like, you're talking like a few dollars here and there. Whereas in a bottle of liquor, it can like, it can swing like 10 to 20 to $50. In terms I of agree. Until for a can versus can, yes. But then, like stuff like this, like this beer that I'm drinking today, it's a Whipper Snapper. It's like a local craft beer. It's like three fifty a can, and you can get a can of beer that's a dollar fifty. So yeah, that that's a pretty big difference. You're right. right? You're right. Yeah. Right over like it's only a couple dollars, but when you put out of a two four, which I heard is apparently a Canadian only slang for mm. a case of beer when you put it when you put it as a two four as is a mickey up. that that doesn't exist really outside of uh canada as i've heard that's yeah, so weird so wait and for the listeners what is a mickey again it's like a it says 12 it's, ounce it's a 12 ounce uh like that you go to the store it's a small one it's a yeah bottle of liquor mickey that you put in your pocket it's one that fits in your pocket I don't know why it's called a Mickey. It's probably racist, like Irish or something. I don't know. But uh, do you, what do you guys call like a Good twenty, one. like a twenty sixer, like a twenty six ounce? That's like a big bottle, right? That's a small. Is that like a long neck? No, no, twenty six ounce oh. bottle of liquor. Will that be a meal? Seven fifty. Yeah, it's a long neck. What was that, mate? Hmm, I'm not sh- a, a long, a long neck. neck. Yeah, that's so like a. Yeah, I don't know if in like in the states or in New England we had a specific name for them, but like the really big bottles of liquor, like usually cheap, it was always called a handle, and that would be the bottles that that come with a handle on them. Right. So that would be a sixty in in Canada, because so in Canada, right. And and I know this is like bridging on another question, so maybe we'll save it for a later, or unless you guys think we should go ahead with it now. But there's a question about why do Canadians speak in metric. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we'll, I think we'll save that one for later. And uh, I have a question that I think we should answer. All right. So this one, com- this one comes from uh, Dean Campbell. And he wants to know, what is one thing you want to pass on to your kids slash significant others or just random listeners about making that you wish you knew sooner in your journey? So I know my answer for this. All right. And it is don't skimp out on materials because especially when you're just starting out making with nicer materials, whether it be nice hardwood or nice leather is miles of a better experience than construction lumber or really bad quality leather or anything like that. Um, And it, especially when you're starting out, it will make it much more likely that you will continue to pursue the craft because you'll have this much better initial experience and you'll just you won't be as frustrated like it's just going to be way better in general and i think the price differential for nice materials is so worth it considering how much less time and frustration you have to spend 
dealing than dealing with bad materials. And it's something that I don't even fully follow anymore. Like I'm constantly working on that. Yeah. Well, I think that's a really good thing. And I think for me, it's a lot like that, but instead of materials, because I don't think materials for me are the thing that matter. It's tools. It's like, if I were to tell anyone, like, what would you, I wish I'd known sooner is how to sharpen things because a sharp tool makes working so much easier, so much more enjoyable when you try and use a hand plane and it, and it like actually works as what it's supposed to do, or you try and use a chisel and it cuts through the wood, you're having fun. When you try and use a dull chisel, you're just like hating it the whole time. So the same thing goes for like, I, I know Ethan Carter was talking about how he doesn't like uh, on their, the because we make podcast uh, last week, they were talking about he doesn't even use uh, an edge beveler. And it's probably because he has like the cheapest edge beveler ever and it sucked. And if you get decent tools and you keep them and you figure out how to sharpen them and keep them sharp, or if they're not real plate like shape sharpenable, then get new ones, right? Uh, then that, that matters. I think that's the biggest thing. Now, when I buy a tool, I buy a brand new blade with it, right? Yeah. It's like, do it. Just do it. What, were you, what about Adam? you, Adam? What's your tip? Uh, I think, so I'm going to segue away from the tools and materials and more about keeping your shop clean and organized. Um, keeping your shop clean and organized definitely helps with productivity. The amount of times... I go into my shop and I have to clean up and stuff before I can actually even do anything. Uh, so I think keeping your shop clean and organized is definitely a great, great thing to do. Yeah, I'm actually, that's, I think a good, another good effect from that is that it can inspire you to do new sorts of projects. Like if your space is super messy and you can't see past two feet in front of you, then it can be really hard to like, think i don't know i think sometimes it can be think hard to think creatively and um sort of like in, in new different ways and i'm just noticing that with setting up this new space because it's like this new blank sheet of paper and i can set things up in a new way that make a lot of sense and you don't always have the luxury of moving it into yeah. an entirely new shop but yeah just by keeping it clean you can really breathe new life into your work and i'll just add sure. one more thing on top of that because that's what we like to do here. Don't be afraid to start over. Take it all down. Start over. Right? A lot of people get used to yeah. like a certain way. Like, oh, this was here. That was there. Right? Like your old shop. It was just the way it was. You just kept adding on to it. Don't be afraid at any point to take your entire shop and turn it upside down and start again. Because you could make it way better. And the day you spend doing that will save all the aggravation later. Those are good answers, guys. Adam, yeah. what's your first question on this question well, and answer? I accidentally deleted it, so I was just trying to um, find it. So sorry, I wasn't really talking. But I can't remember what it was. Um, from, I am going to screw up this name, Adam Vilhoor? Who are? Yeah, A-Bomb. Um, yeah. yeah. A-Bomb. Yeah. 21. Do you ever make something sloppy just for yourself? Now, I don't know how many of my videos anyone has seen, but everything I make is sloppy. So there's your answer. (laughs) Um, I will say not that often. Um, and I think the times I have done it though, it's been pretty, I don't know. It's interesting. Like, I think usually when I make something, I want to make it nice. So it can be hard to like go into something knowing like this is going to be bad and I I don't want to care about it because I do get attached to the outcome of things that I make. But when I was doing those bent wire little mini sculptures, that was sort of what that was, was like, I'm just going to try this, have that entirely beginner mentality and just have fun and hopefully get some like unanticipated inspiration and outcomes out of this, which I sort of did. Um, and like, I made one that I never posted anywhere. It was just like so bad that I was like, yeah, this is going right in the trash, but it was a good experience. So yeah, not actually 
that often. Um, I guess, I guess doodling is kind of like that though. And I guess, I guess you could say that like that is, or journaling as well. Like those things that you're doing just for yourself, um, that the action of doing them is more valuable than the outcome itself. Hmm. Hmm. Well, I think that's, that's true. I think, I think half of my projects are sloppy. I think I like to use the camera to hide, you know, using a GoPro with a wide angle lens hides a lot of mistakes. Mm. Uh, So, so I really liked the fact that like I was off, I was thinking I just got like a big uh, back uh, retroactive pan. I was like, Oh, maybe I could, you know, upgrade something like a camera or something like that. Cause I, I know I could use something that could actually do some close ups. Uh, but I was like, I kind of like the fact that I just have the GoPro and it just like has this like wide angle lens. That's what it does. It's, it hides a lot of mistakes. You but know, if you, you know, get- if you get, if you get a camera that can do tighter shots, yeah. it will like blow open your creativity. Well, I, <laughs> we'll have to talk about that in a bit. But uh, no, I well, I mean, we, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it now for a second, because right now you are operating like totally in the confines of like all wide angle everything. And if you just add that extra like source of cinematography, like I feel like it'll just like it, it's such a cool opportunity to yeah. make like more interesting videos. Well, I, I already use my phone for when I need it to be close. Like if I need a close up, I use my phone. So I have that. But I. I know I I won't be I, I will be picking a new like if I switch I will only have one I hate having two it makes it so that when you upload everything it does it's not in the right order mm-hmm. right like it just makes it so that things aren't as easy and much like having a clean shop I like things to be orderly so that I I don't feel like I'm like bashing my head against a wall trying to even do it like when we collaborated on the like the camping trip i was so frustrated trying to do the edit because all your videos and stuff were like i couldn't edit i couldn't find the timeline so i basically had to like redo everything and put it all into the right time like timeline that speaks to our different ways of working because what i did is just i put them one after the other and then just manual like when i was like oh i want that shot let me go grab it from the end and like put it over here I never took right. the time to put them in the in one continuous order. Right, but your whole edit didn't go in one continuous order. It mostly, did. it mostly did, it, with the right. exception of like. So this is why I have a wide-angle lens and a macro lens. Right. So everything's in order, filmed filmed in order, but I just changed the lens. <laughs> Grant doesn't want to hear it. <laughs> no, see, the, not, the thing I'm is that. that with the low quality that. Um, gopros give you that gives you the better chance of hiding mistakes as well so yeah exactly <laughs> i don't want anyone to see my crap we'll just skip past the fact i was like GoPro's so like let's move on i make sloppy projects all the time i uh so next question this one's from dave bauer from dave bauer arts he says if you made a cooking video what would you cook? And since Morley can't answer this question, because uh, he's made a cooking video, but maybe if it's if you were to make another one, we'll do that for Morley. Uh, I've I've kind of made a cooking video, sort of. I made uh, making uh, spruce tea. I made a protein shake once. So I don't know, like it's sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, no, no, like it was in it? my video. I didn't. It wasn't oh. a video just for that. Wow. If I were like if if you were talking about what's my specialty of cooking, I would say craft dinner, which I guess for non-Americans they just call it macaroni and cheese mm-hmm. or non-Canadian, sorry, they call it macaroni and cheese. And here in Canada we call it craft dinner. What do you guys uh, call it in, in I Australia? Don't know. That's not a thing here. Well, I craft mean, macaroni you, yeah, and yeah you put it in the microwave. It's not really a meal. It's not like you, you know how like I always see in movies and, and on um, like vloggers and stuff where like you go to a restaurant in America and get a steak and macaroni and cheese. That's not, that's not normal here. Macaroni and, macaroni and cheese is not a stable, stable. That's not um, normal in Canada. Food. 
Yeah, yeah. it has I, I different cultural a, significance. Yeah, mm. I wouldn't order at a restaurant. And when I see it on the menu at a restaurant, I go, I'm not going to eat To me, that. macaroni and cheese is like a kid's home. meal. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I'm <laughs> definitely going to be good at that. It's a great side for when you're getting barbecue. On the side with ribs, delectable. Yeah, that's maybe. Um, um, yeah. Wait, I have to. I'll do my answer. If I was my next cooking video, um, I make a really good classic roast chicken. Um, I might do a cooking video for that. Um, we Is your also, new kitchen crowded? It's much less crowded. I mean, it's still relatively small. Um, there's going to be some great project videos, though, to optimize this kitchen. <laughs> nice. Um, also, we do a, a pretty, like, at least once, maybe twice a week, this chocolate mug cake. That's super good. Um, that's a very simple one, though. I've, I've had a lot of requests for sushi because we make, we make sushi hmm. pretty frequently. And it's not actually that hard. So I think that actually might be a pretty good uh, cooking video. And I think a lot of people find it intimidating. Is it cooking? Yeah. Cook you cook the rice. rice and then, uh, I mean, you can cook other I, parts, but then it's... More. I was just going to say... How much of cooking sushi, is just though. assembly? <laughs> well, so for sushi, I'd say most of it. <laughs> yeah. For uh, for other stuff, it's there's a lot more cooking involved. But yeah. Maybe if I had enough demand, I would um, yeah. make a video on my world famous barbecue ribs. Mm. Friend famous. World Ooh. famous. Family famous. Wife famous? I don't know. My wife loves them. That's all that matters. So the next question is from Dean Campbell. Another one from Dean. He's throwing straight heaters tonight. And Dean asks, if you can make full-time as an occupation, but it didn't make you filthy rich slash super comfortable, would you still do it or stay in your current job? So this is a really interesting question because – He's grounding it in reality. It's not like the, you can make whatever you want and your bills will be paid and that's your life. It's like you have to make and figure out how to like make a living from making. And I think with that in mind, my answer would be no, I wouldn't want to do that because I mean, like number one, it puts a lot of pressure on all of your hands on making and like even within the things I'm doing right now, like a lot of it is not entirely making, like there's other income streams. So I think like restricting myself to like making full time is like the way I am making my livelihood. It just, it doesn't sound like the, um, the ideal life really. I think I would, I would want the freedom to not necessarily make like all my creativity have to put food on the table. I think there's value to sort of separating your livelihood from your creativity. I think there's there's benefits to doing what you love, but making that have to be like this is the thing I have to do is is not totally necessary. Um yeah, what do you think, Grant? I agree. Um I don't think I would want to make full time because I enjoy the hobby of making like it's even just selling stuff. I don't really enjoy selling stuff because it becomes a job. And the reason I make is so that I don't, you know, I don't want it. I don't like I every, I, I know like in the, the movie office space, they said like, you know, my guidance, guidance counselor asked what you, what you want to do. If, if money was no object, what would you do? And then if you said work on old cars, well, you should become a mechanic. Well, it's not true because, you know, if you go work on old cars and then you become a mechanic, you're not working on old cars most of the time. You're not doing the thing you enjoy, right? You end up becoming like you're doing your taxes. You're, you know, like you're doing all these, like you're doing paperwork, you're sending invoices, you're doing quotes. Like there's a lot of it that you're not going to, be the thing you enjoy and then on top of that when you leave the job for the day you're going to be like i don't even want to do any making because i've spent so much time making this week right like i've mine creatively burnt out and i don't have anywhere to go with that it's done and now i'm just going to go home and drink Hmm. and then go to bed i was always told right so you don't have i feel like i was always told growing up don't make your hobby 
your work because you will learn to resent it. <laughs> and I was told the opposite. Um, so yeah, it was like, no, I, if you, if it's your hobby and you like it, yeah. you should totally do that for a living. <laughs> I think, I think it's a complicated question and I don't want to try to say that there's an easy answer to it because like a lot of, if you can do what you love, like for most of your life and you're happy, like that's amazing. Um, the, the reason I, I sort of push back, I think against the question's premise is that, um, is the tying your creativity and is, yeah, is, is tying your creativity to having to put food on the table. Um, and I think like the pressure that comes with that. Yeah. The pressure, exactly. The pressure that comes with that. And like, I, I made a conscious effort this year to like do less commission work because I want when I am making to be making like the things that I want to be doing. And I find that I'm just like so much happier and more successful when I am being inventive versus someone shows me a picture of something like, can you make me something like this that someone else can probably do better? And and it's like, yeah, I can. And I'll probably learn a lot from it and it'll be great. But like, like life is short and do I want to be a professional leather craftsman in my life? No, like I have a lot of different interests and I mean, the second part of this question is like, it didn't make you filthy rich slash super comfortable. Like I don't necessarily want to be filthy rich, but when I think about the things that I want to do in my life, like I think it will require like a good amount of money. (laughs) And if I restrict myself to, I have to make all my money by making things hands-on, well, it's going to be a little more difficult to like achieve some of those goals. So, you know, I think if you, if you can give yourself the space to like think creatively about income and it like you can make money in a lot of different ways and it doesn't have to entirely be like, like uh, I am, this is my passion and this is the way I will make my living. And that has to be the way. Um, totally. Yeah, for sure. You can have them like, you don't have to be so dogmatic about it. I think is what I'm trying to say. Right. I, I actually think that the best way to live your life is to do the thing that makes you happy in the moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So if that happens to be making today, great. The thing is, I enjoy my job, right? And I feel like a lot of times I'm, I'm able to help people in my job. So it's like I also get you know enjoyment and fulfillment out of that. Um, and I think like I, I've seen a lot of people like to get burnt out on making, right? Like not everyone's made for it. And a lot of people put too, like, too much pressure. They're worrying too much about whether or not they can feed their kids or feed their families or even worse. They've got employees that are now, you know, I, I know Bob talks about it all the time where he, and the, I like to make stuff, Bob on the uh, making it. He says, I've got, you know, I've got employees now. I have to do this. I have to do a video a week. I've got employees. And I'm like, that sounds stressful AF. I don't want to ever be there personally. And I think that's, so I've always but had the Adam, dream to be an entrepreneur you? and I think that's something that I would like to work towards eventually. But the kicker with this question is it doesn't make you filthy rich. And I've said it before on this podcast is that I would never quit my job unless YouTube and all that was going to make me rich. I earn enough money from my job now that I wouldn't quit it over nothing. Do you know what I mean? Like, I would have to earn a lot of money from yeah. from making and everything to make it worthwhile for me to quit my job. I know – so Dean is actually a friend from work and Dean, you need to get an Instagram because I'm sick of you not having one. Um, but I know <laughs> that Dean's point of view is that he would quit work if he could sustain himself with making. So, yeah. Well, if he had an Instagram, yeah. he might be able to do that. Yeah. Oh. It's it's funny. I feel like I have to keep like internally correcting what I'm saying because this is such like a complicated issue. And I, I'm really hoping I'm not coming off as like one-sided on this because I think it is – there is a lot to it. But um, it's, I just lost where a, I was going. A, I lost honestly, my train of thought. Sorry, Grant, you go and I'll try to regain what I was saying. It's an entire episode sure. question. Yeah. So how about we move on to the next question, Adam? And we'll save this one. We'll add it to our little list of 
potential future topics. And if anyone out there wants to hear more about it, and they want us to move it, bump it up on the list, yeah. you know where to contact us. Uh, so my next question ahead. is from at Barefoot Finn, and it is, which new skill are each of you working on this year, or which one are you working toward leveling up? So... I'm pretty sure I mentioned it before, but I really am trying to work on my photography skills, not necessarily recording video, but actually photography itself. Um, and the, I don't know. I, I've always heard that you should pick a photography that you like and stick to it, i.e. like car photography or personal photography, um, landscape photography. But honestly, like I would just like to be good at like decent all around. Yeah, I've niching down on anything. I think is bad creativity, yep. creatively, but it's good if you want to try and make that your living, right? Like if you want to become a photographer, well, if you get really, really, really good at landscape, you can start selling them, right? But if you want to become, you know, a decent photographer, then you should take pictures of things you want to take pictures of. Right? Like, you shouldn't be yeah, like, well, sure. well, it says I should only take pictures of cars because that's the only way I'll get good. It's like, well, no. Like, you'll learn something from taking pictures of everything. It's the same with, you'll yeah. learn something from making anything. Definitely. Right? I don't know. Um, mine is, I think I talked about it in the uh, New Year's Goals episode. And it is, um, I want to become better at executing on inventive ideas and in in finding those really interesting nuggets that can become like even more interesting projects um and i think with the dream board at least the dream whiteboard at least um i'm on my way Hmm. so i guess for me i'm working on wood carving and leather working those are the two that i'm hoping to do a little more work on this year i kind of i want to just see where it takes me like i i've enjoyed doing the wood carving i've done but at the same time i don't feel like an itch to go do it so i don't know if it's like you know sometimes you hit like a little you know brick wall where you're like i don't know if i can get to the next level you kind of like see yourself like leveling out and then you kind of lose interest i don't know if i've hit that or if i've I just need to like, power through a couple more and, and, and bump over that. But uh, I'm enjoying leather, so maybe I'll just concentrate up on that. Nice. Yeah, you should follow those, um, what, what feels right. And I think, I think a lot of people, when they start leatherworking, feel that. They're like, ooh, this is, this is really nice. I want to do a lot of this. <laughs> hmm. Well, all right. I'm going to go into the next question. It's something we alluded to earlier, but now I'm going to call, shout him out. Uh, Billy from him and I woodworking. He wrote, I want to know why Grant talks about pounds and inches <laughs> and not metric. Um, and this is uh, so because Canada and America are so closely tied. Basically anything America does, we do. And then we also have to do our Canadian version of it too. So when it comes to, like a lot of measurements and stuff like that, uh, depending on what it is, I talk about it in like woodworking. I talk about things in inches and feet, uh, weight. I talk about things in, in pounds, unless it's drugs, then it's in grams. Um, you know, there, if you ever want to catch the pothead in your, in your class in high school, you just ask them how many grams in an ounce. <laughs> and the, the one who went 28, you were like, ha ha, police come here well now it's legal in canada so it's okay. <laughs> uh, yeah so it's it's just like a thing that i think there's one thing i will say about when it comes to inches and feet versus metric i like the precision of metric and the ease of doing the math and metric but i find it a lot easier to guesstimate how big something is in inches and feet because like my foot is a foot and you know an inch is like something that I can like visualize with my thumb. Whereas with, with millimeters, it's nothing. And then nobody uses centimeters ever. So 
And then it goes to meters. And you're like, so I go from like millimeter to three feet, right? Like I go to something uh, a quarter of an inch to something that's three feet long. Those are the two measurements we te- they tend to use in metric. And that's where I find the problem personally. I think it all just depends on what you use. I mean, you're going to come accustomed to the yeah, one you sure. use more often. You know, like when I was running track, meters were really easy because I was like, 100 meter dash, it's the length of a track. Easy. Oh, totally. I Okay, I do. When you talk about track, it's all in meters. Do they have it in feet? <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was yards. <laughs> no, well, track's in meters, yeah. or or But a pool's in yards, right? So. <laughs> Right or and a football field is in your yeah, football field. The hell out of me right now. I don't know. It's pick yeah. pick one and stick with it, would you? <laughs> Jeez. Okay. I actually think it makes sense more to use the one that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. So I have a question from uh, Sam Wilkinson, and he wants to know what is the most meaning meaningful thing you have ever made. Good question, Sam. So I know my answer. Okay, go for it. Um, and it is the carved leather journal cover. It was actually one of the f- one of like near the beginning of my leather working journey that I made for Eden for her birthday, and I hid it from her the entire time I was making it. And um, when I gave it to her, she actually thought that I bought the journal cover and carved the everything on it it was the one that says today is a gift on the back and um it took her a little while to realize that i actually made it for her but like yeah it's it's she's always showing it off and it's very satisfying that it's like one of my most popular videos and i think the fact that like i gave it to her in the end and like you can sort of feel the um significance of it it, yeah that that's like an easy choice and it's it's probably one it's still one of my favorite videos I've ever made. She, also, shout out to Beowulf, who is like an amazing uh, musician who just straight up gave me permission to use that song in the video. Awesome. Really, very. And he's like he's a pretty uh, popular musician, at least in terms of Spotify. So, very nice thing awesome. of him to do. Hmm. Adam, what's your most meaningful um, project? I don't know. I think maybe my. Um, the live edge coffee table that I did, I, th- I think meaningful in a way that I learned a lot of skills with it. Um, I mean, I've done, I've done a lot of the through tenons before, but really trying to focus on getting them to work properly and get them where I didn't have to put splines in and all that sort of stuff. And then working with epoxy was definitely new to me. I learned a lot with that. So I'd probably say that's probably the one I've learned the most skill with. Hmm. That's good. It's, when you put it that way, it makes it hard to think about because then I think about other like – there's different ways of measuring meaningfulness, mm-hmm. right? Like, So one of my own – you know, I think the most meaningful for me was the uh, sled I made for my son. Um and I just, I think it's funny because it's like this, it was this 1980s plan that I found online and I, I made the sled and if I'm honest, like I really like the look of it, but it sucks <laughs> as a sled. Like it's no good at all in powdery snow. It like, it's, it gets stuck all the time. It just plows through the snow. It's, it doesn't, like I thought this year I put uh, like some old cutting, like I bought cutting boards and like, cause they're made of HPE or whatever it is, the the type of plastic is super slippery. So I was like, I'll I'll put that as like runners on it, and maybe that'll help like stop it from. I don't know. I thought maybe that would help reduce friction. It it didn't really like it's better. Um, I really love it though. Like I think it's one of those projects that really I, I made it before I started uh, filming everything. And it's, I really, I think it's great. It was like a gift I gave him to him at his, like, you know, first Christmas. Um, so it's meaningful that way. And I definitely learned a lot doing it. But I like, I don't know, like I go, like me and my wife, I, I tend to bring the sled everywhere. And my wife, we have like a $10 plastic toboggan. And my wife brings that everywhere. So if she's like the one taking Fletcher somewhere, she brings like this $10 sled. And I'm like, 
I have I built something that took me hours upon hours to build, and you're not bothering. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know. It's very meaningful for me, but it was not a very good project. I don't know what to say about that. Grant, have you thought about making a toboggan? Yes, I've actually already bought the Ooh. wood for it. Oh, and awesome! Yeah, I actually started. I did a steam building uh, thing in March uh, to. Like I did my very first team bending project nice. uh, as a prototype. But That's it. super I, exciting. I also like lockdown has really made it difficult for getting stuff. Like I want some P uh, like ABS or PVC pipe to like trap all the steam. And usually would just go to home Depot, but it's all locked down and it's like, I could, I guess order it online, but I want to look at them and like, I don't know, figure it out. Lockdown's made it a lot harder to make the toboggan this year. I do want to make it. Maybe we will. He's still pretty young for a toboggan. Like, I could pull him on it, but he's like, doesn't like going downhills mm. yet. Yeah. He's not going to be like Calvin and Hobbes going on toboggan. Could you make adventures. a make it no, toboggan with a car seat on it? A toboggan with a car seat on it. Uh, he's old enough that he doesn't need it, like the car seat. He just doesn't what? enjoy it. Doesn't need a car seat. He's turning three. He doesn't not for a toboggan. Oh, right. Yeah, okay, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, like you said he's he, too small he, for We've it, pushed so him down the know. hill. Yeah, no. We pushed him down the hill and he just went, Yeah, that was fun, and now I'd like to yeah, go do something else. I remember that phase. I went, oh, I thought you'd I'd like you I want you to <laughs> yeah, play yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure next year he'll be like going up and down the hill yeah. nonstop. It'll be great. Um where were we when it came to questions? Did we get everyone did their meeting? Um, I just asked. Orally. So yes, me. we're on to Adam. Um, all right. So this question comes from a bomb again, and um, it's for Molly. Molly, with all the good food you cook, do you plan on releasing a cookbook? Um, I'm not very really interested in making a cookbook. I would, at some point in my life, like to write a book. It's kind of like a life goal. But uh, same here. Yeah, not a cookbook. That doesn't sound I, I, um, fun. <laughs> Actually, I don't know. Now that I think about it, maybe it could be fun. But I've never really thought. So about I said it this before. in the after show, but not the pre show. I have actually written a book. I'm just trying, still trying to find someone to illustrate it for me. So yeah, it's a kids' book for makers. Nice. Yeah. All right. Cool. Well, I'm gonna get back into tool related stuff. Uh, Trip Southern, he asked. What's your favorite orbital sander? I'm going to say my favorite orbital sander is the one being used by someone else. Go. I'm, I'm very <laughs> curious about orbital sanders. So the only one I've ever had is um, my Ryobi one. But when I watch people use them in videos, I feel like they look like they work so much better. Like... <laughs> So much better than your well, Ryobi. That, yeah, but <laughs> you don't say. not just not just the Ryobi, but just in general orbital sanders. Like when I use mine, it seems to just sort of vibrate in place and not really spin as much. But then when I watch it in video, they seem to be spinning a lot. I don't know if I'm using it wrong. Maybe I'm putting too much pressure hmm. or something. But I don't know when I, when I watch someone use one on on film, it looks like they're holding like a a disc sander sideways whereas when i do it i feel like it doesn't really rotate that much so it could be the frame rate that's syncing up with the oscillations maybe. i don't know it, um, it could also be you're pushing maybe I am. yeah or that you own the cheap tool company car like garbage tool <laughs> um i've used it at the set shop i used a makita random orbital sander it seemed random orbital sander it seemed to work great yeah, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I've used I have I have a Dewalt. It's fine. I've used a Festool one for a little bit just to test it out. Uh, it was way better. It was way faster. It worked way better. Uh, if I ever won a better uh, sander, like I know a couple, I think Bruce Ulrich won a uh, a Merca, and uh, yeah. 
I would love to have one of those. And I think uh, our uh, former guest of the show, Zach Builds, just released a review video of the same Sander, Merka Sander. Yeah, so that. I think I would like. Merka is um, becoming very yeah, popular think, here in Australia, actually. But they're expensive. Yeah, I've never heard of them until like yeah, the last year. Yeah, very expensive, like Festool. So. Yeah. But a, ni- a nicer color. <laughs> um, so maybe. Maybe they'll do better. At least Festool's green um, and not puke yeah. green. Exactly. <laughs> so, and I joke about Ryobi just to clear it up. I think they're fine tools for the hobby maker. I just yep. think people expect, like, say they 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 give them praise as if they're Festool, and I go, they're fine. They're they're they just cheap, cheap tools. tools. Yep. And yeah, that's great. And all the power to you if you can get away with using them. Um, go ahead, Morley. Uh, this one comes from Lucas Raza, and he asks, do you ever write programs slash would you consider coders makers? So I have not done any coding in a while. Um, as part of my engineering degree, I had to take a class called Computers in Engineering, which was essentially learning to code in C and MATLAB, which is kind of a programming language, but it's it's also a standalone program which allows you to write scripts for making really nice graphs and solving uh, engineering problems. Um, and also, I would call Excel coding to the extent that I use it. Um, I will say that the level of creativity that it takes to code and write programs is probably like a level of abstract thinking at least as great as anything I've ever done in making. Um, so yeah, I'm with yes, you on that. <laughs> I mean, I, I am not one to like put barriers on like what it is, what is not making. I mean, if you're coding, you are making very creative things. Um, I will definitely say that. And I would like, I haven't, I've done a bit of Arduino stuff. Um, it is something that I feel like if I learned more, it could be like incredibly empowering and let me to make some pretty neat stuff. Um, but yeah, coding is incredibly satisfying. Um, and even in Excel, yeah, it's definitely making, I would say. Hmm. Well, for me, I haven't coded since high school. And that was a long time ago. No, that's not true. I coded in university because I was in computer systems engineering. To, uh, and I coded an assembly language, which is like the stupidest thing to code in because you basically like ran a program and it was like either the computer crashed or it didn't. You had, <laughs> there's no outputs or anything. Like it wasn't like you didn't make a game or anything fun like that. Uh, in high school, I made a game. I enjoyed it. I made like a like a racing game where you just race around a, a track. Um, and uh, I just remember like getting my game done. And then looking beside me at the guy who sat beside me and he had made uh, basically like asteroids. Like he, he was just able to like program at a level that wasn't like I couldn't comprehend. Um, Is he a deb now? Do I consider? Uh, I have no clue. I don't talk to anyone from high school. Uh, do I consider coders makers? Of course I do. They make programs. Yeah. Over to you, Adam. I think it depends on what sort of coding they're in. I'm not going to call a hacker a, a maker, but someone that make that uses code to make programs and stuff, definitely a maker. I think any, any th- form of making, even making videos, is a maker. Just different fields. Hmm. I, I think... Um, I think the term maker has definitely somehow shifted over to DIY and... Don't, I don't understand how that has happened because maybe, maybe it's just because the field we're in that we feel that way. Maybe people that, it, that, that make mm. other things think that it's a term for them. I don't know. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, well, yeah. Sorry, go on. We're getting close to an hour All here. Right, well, my question is very um, short. I'll quickly ask it and then we can move on. Well, I was going to say we should try and do a couple rapid yep. fire bear make it questions. Right. 
Mm. All right, let's do Bear Naked. Uh, well, first one is when will you replace Morley with Penny? I um I I think I think that'd be a relatively boring. I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> she has a pretty cute meow, and she makes some silly uh, licking sounds after she eats, and that's about it. <laughs> I don't know. Well, sounds sounds pretty good to me. Um, what's taller, Statue of Liberty or one year's worth of Grant's beer bottle slash can stacked up? We did the math prior to the show, and uh, the Statue of Liberty is much, much smaller than the amount, like four times smaller than how much Grant drinks in an episode. The amount of beer I drink in an episode. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Kind of made me a little bit sad, but also at the same time proud. I'd also realized the Statue of Liberty is not very tall. Ooh. Like I drink yeah. enough to like I think do this like CN Tower. Wouldn't wouldn't the Empire um, State Building be taller? Oh, for yeah. sure. The Empire State Building yeah. is definitely taller than Statue of Liberty. Yeah. And I guarantee I drink more than the Empire State Building. Gosh, well, I'm pretty sure the Empire State uh, Building is not four times the height of. So that'd be yes. Yeah, I don't know. Go, Morley. Um, all right, rapid-fire math questions from Justin at Bear Make It. Jasmine bought a new round backpack. Its area is 370 square centimeters. What is the round backpack's diameter? Enter is 21.7 centimeters. Question two, Skylar lives in a farm where his dad keeps a circular corn maze. The corn maze has a diameter of 12 kilometers. What is the maze's radius? What is this, amateur hour? One kilometer, obviously. Question three, the faces of a fair number die are labeled one, two, three, four, five, and six. You roll the die 12 times. How many times should you expect to roll a one? I actually thought about this one probably longer than I should have because I was expecting it was a trick question, but the answer is just two. It's one out of six times 12. Um, and at which Minnesota State Park can you visit the beginning of the mighty Mississippi River? Itasca State Park is the answer. And I looked at pictures and it looks quite beautiful and um, I would like to visit it. Hmm. Thank you, Justin, for the wonderful trivia. Cool. Answers, well, questions. Well, oh, wait, no, he asked another Andy, one. Yeah, but we also have some Andy Pugh rapid fires. Is beer just soda for adults? Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I think soda is also soda for adults. Kids shouldn't drink soda. <laughs> Why does it take so Adam so long to edit his videos? I have no idea. Adam? Laziness? Definitely <laughs> laziness. I mean, no, I, I just, I put in so much effort because I want you guys to get the best video possible. So stop having a go at me. So much, so much effort. You don't bother to do like a, a single, like at least even photo of the end project. Look, Fortnite. You're just like, I'm going to cut. Fortnite was calling me and you got what you got. So suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, what gauge are your ears? Uh, okay. Um, we, so my ears are past gauge now, and then it's 12 mil, 12 millimeters. So I guess you could say minus okay. triple zero. Triple, I don't know. But yeah, 12 mil. When will we hear Penny on the podcast? Okay, so when I saw there? that, when I saw Jeff's question on the list i thought he was just asking how big each of our ears were i didn't realize he literally meant like gauges <laughs> <laughs> yeah because he's got the things in his yeah. ears I've, no, no, no i I've got huge it. holes in my ears yeah okay we had so great of a uh of a like response to this that we will be doing a part two yeah because we did not have enough time uh, it might be the next episode. It might be a later episode. So anyone who asked a question that didn't get it answered here, we'll be doing. We'll be answering your questions again at a later point. Uh, the other thing, I wanted to answer one more question before we moved into talking about things is when will we have the wives back for a full show? Because a lot of people don't realize wives or partners that we had an episode in the after show which is a patreon exclusive thing that where our our partners came by and they were part of the after show and apparently lots of people loved that so we're going to be doing it again in the future if you'd like to get in on what is the after show and we also always do a pre-show 
Um, you can join our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash clamp, and you can find us there. There's a bunch of different levels. There is the spring clamp. Uh, there is the C clamp, and there's the F clamp levels. There are different levels, and you get different things. But we also did, for the first time ever before this show, we did a Patreon exclusive monthly hangout where everyone uh, of our patrons got invited to a monthly hangout where we did it on uh, Zoom and right beforehand. It's recorded. Everyone gets to, you know, hear. Uh, this time we had uh, Jeff, a weird guy. He came by, and it was a lot of fun to have someone come hang out for our pre-show. We always do a pre-show. We always do an after show, uh, and we put them up on our, our, our Patreon so you can hear that and listen to it before and after the show. So head on over there. If you can't, go over to patreon.com because you either don't support the platform, you can't do it because you whatever, I don't care. doesn't matter. I appreciate you guys listening. But one thing we'd really appreciate if you go and share this episode with a friend. The last thing I want to mention, we've started up a YouTube channel. And right now we're just putting up the old uh, episodes. But in the future, we're going to be putting up them on YouTube. We might, we haven't decided yet, but we might be putting up the video. Yeah. We haven't decided. But it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Hmm. We're still discussing it. Whether or not, like, you know, us picking our nose over and over is really <laughs> good content or not. Uh, yeah. But yeah. We, uh, we appreciate everyone watching and uh, let us know if that's something you want to see. If you want to see, like, right now, Adam has a, a little baby on his lap. So if you've been hearing that throughout the episode, yeah, sorry, you, you'd get to actually see it throughout the episode, which <laughs> it's, might it's pretty make cute. You understand? Yeah, totally cute. He's playing with the fan. Um, <laughs> now it's time to go into clamp mendations. Clamp mendations. So my clamp mendation this week is BYOT on YouTube or Bring Your Own Tools. I I don't know why he got um, suggested in my newsfeed on YouTube like last week. And I am pretty obsessed. I've watched a lot of his videos now and find them great. So, yeah. Cool. <laughs> cool. Well, sorry. I thought, I thought Adam, I, I, I thought Morley was going to say something with that and I didn't want to cut him off. Uh, oh, Morley. No, I did. I, did, I was going to say something, but like my internet cut out for a second. So I was just. Oh, okay. oh. <laughs> so it totally looked like you were going to talk. So I didn't want to like. I was. Go I was you. just. I made a surprise yeah. face. Okay. My clamendation for this week. Um, one of my favorite bands, Typhoon. Uh, they came out with a new album last week. It's called Sympathetic Magic, and it is beautiful. Um, they are a really amazing sort of like I call them an indie rock band from uh, I think they're from Portland or somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. Um, it's sort of um, a return to two of their earlier albums, which I really liked, called Hunger and Thirst and White Lighter. Uh, there's a lot of horns in them. It kind of has like, kind of sounds like it's like in a big concert hall. Um, yeah, the lead singer has like a really unique voice and I was a big fan. Um, definitely going to give it a few more listens this week, but yeah, check out Typhoon. They make really cool music. Cool. Well, for me this week, I'm going to give my shout out to just my DIY with uh, Jay-Z and Daniel, they did a, an amazing little, like, uh, a kennel cover sewing thing. That, that The project didn't matter. They just have a really cute dog. So you should go check out uh, Rody at Just Might DIY. It's a little Yorkie. And, uh, yeah, they're super, super cute. I hope all the future videos uh, have the little pup in it. Cool. Yeah. I thought you were going to say have, they have a cute relationship. Well, you know, sometimes I like their like little newsflash <laughs> episode, which they did a long time ago, and they should totally do again. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna wait for them to, you know, come on, listen to this, and then do it again. Come on, Jay and Bay, and then mention me, uh, Morley. I heard that we might have uh, people reviewing our clamps. Oh my lord! I almost forgot. <laughs> I'm excited for this one. All right, <laughs> so. This review, 
oh, it's always so hard when we come like right after talking and I forget. And then I'll, I'll, all of a sudden I have to transition to an accent. Um, all right. This is a, a lovely five-star review, which we love to see. Um, all right. Let me get, this is, this is a real pause. This isn't an internet cutting out pause. This is me getting into character and I'm going to take off my headphones because it's actually really difficult to speak in an accent when I have headphones on. All right. So little sound effect, headphones coming off. If you can hear that. Bloop. Bloop. And my headphones are now not on. So I can't hear if I'm speaking over Grant and Adam. So this review says five stars. Oh, that was bad. That was more Irish. Let me try that again. Five stars. Love the show. Such a well-done podcast. Great conversation. Can listen all day. Would like this to be read in a woman's Scottish accent. From Ethan. Alright, so I watched a lot of Scottish accent videos leading up to that, as well as (laughs) the entire first season of Outlander. Coincidentally, dovetailed very nicely into reading this accent. But I feel like with it being so short, it was a it was a big make or break situation. So I hope I did it justice. I feel like by the last sentence, I got it. The first I sentence was a little iffy. Scottish good. Women, Women no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I can do an accent, right? But if you if I have to pitch my voice up and do an accent at the same time, like that's asking a lot. Well, that's the challenge. Well, <laughs> hey, uh, that was good. That was good. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, thank I liked you. it a lot. Well, I want to say thank you to TF Turning for the theme song. And if you're really interested in hearing the theme song again, but this time uh, through Morley's voice, then you should join our Patreon. Um, And with that, I'm going to say if anyone would like to find us, you can follow us collectively at Clampcast. And until next time, cheers. See you. And have a great day. See you. Many, there's not much I can actually hang anything from in here, but I hung a Red Sox blanket behind me. So, <laughs> Grant, I can't hear you. You're muted or something. You're still nope. mute. You, you have to unclick mute. <laughs> I didn't. I never clicked it. Someone else must. Have I muted did it. Me. I muted you because you were typing. <laughs> anyway, do I sound terrible? <laughs> <laughs>